Chris Russell and Pete Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Still got to get to a couple of the other storylines from yesterday, but your calls are the most important thing here on a Monday as always. 301-230-0980. By the way, our boy Resh puts it out there numerically. First 36 games, Jay Gruden 15-21. Ron Rivera 15-21. and 21. The more things change, the more things stay the same here in D.C. when it comes to the gridiron. I mean, I didn't think about that comparable. I don't know who took over a worse situation, though, whether it was Jay from Mike with all the dysfunction uh, with what was going on with Robert and Dan and what have you. Or... I will say this, though. I would love to see Jay with Wentz and these receivers. Yeah. The offensive, pl- the offensive mind that is Jay Gruden would do some damage I, with these I, guys. I tried to ask Jay – I. He didn't answer it the way I was hoping he would answer. Maybe I asked too weird of a question, but like Jay at times would be stubborn as well. I think all offensive minds and all, all offensive football, coaches are. Any, right. Look, most um, most humans are stubborn, right. Chris. Right. By nature. But but I I would I would also say this. Jay tended to get the most out of I don't want to say mediocre talent because they did have he schemed Pierre up. Look, and Deshaun. Dude, and, he won a game with Josh Johnson playing quarterback. I know. Well, not only not only that, I thought that was his best. I thought that was his best call design game of his tenure. That you know Jackson, what he did? That Jackson. You know what he game. did? He played to the talent that he had that day. Everything was short, yes. quick, whatever. Played to the talent that I he thought had that, that day. That game, even though Jacksonville was reeling then. And the Seattle game that he mentioned when they were missing like eight or nine starters, including Trent and whatever, those were, I think, those were two of his best games, certainly in the top five, arguably because of circumstance, to his two best. Eagles banged him around yesterday. They've got Micah Parsons to deal with coming up next week. As and Demarcus Lawrence. It's Dallas week, everybody. Oh, Dallas week, yes. And hey! They're finally going to uh, the, look. The black uniforms have come in. Oh, they probably they well, arrived. That, so now they're going to wear them this week against listen, Dallas. Listen, that was the mo- that was the most important thing that came out of last night. Is that we're going to wear the black? <laughs> the, they're not calling them the black and gold. They're calling them the black and bold uh, uniforms. That was the most important. The second most important uh, thing that came out of yesterday, guys. Are you ready for it? Wait, wait, wait. Is it going to be a dog or a that was important too that was important too wait it's going to be revealed on january 1st as somebody pointed out when they're honoring the hogs do you what do you think the chances are that the damn dog wins roof roof You know what? You know what's crazy? At first, until I looked over and saw you doing that, I thought Essig was actually playing sound. sound I was gonna, but Pete just took over I, way I, too well. But I, th- I thought that was you at first, and then I looked over and I said, "My man is snorting like a hawk." But the the black and bold baby, the black, black and, and bold, bold that's how and I like the my dog grouper. and the hog. Those were the two things to celebrate. <laughs> for the commandos yesterday in front of 20,000 of their fans in a 64,000 seat capacity crowd. Let's go to line four. Johnny's in Chicago listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Johnny? Hey, what's up, Chris? How y'all doing, man? What's up, Johnny? Say hello to Pete. Don't forget about Pete. Hey, what's up, Pete? How you doing? Hello, Johnny. 
<laughs> hey, look, I, I want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold y'all up, but I want to say a couple of things, Chris. Give me a few minutes. Look, yep. I'm blaming this on Ron Rivera, man, because number one, Brandon Sheriff left, and you knew he wasn't coming back anyway. But why would you go out there and get Trey Turner? This is not the Trey Turner from Carolina, man. This is not the nowhere from Carolina. You you met the offensive line. He didn't mess this whole thing up. You didn't address the offensive line. You didn't address the linebackers. You didn't address the the, the uh, cornerback. You didn't address address the safeties. This is on Ron Rivera. These his players that he wanted. These are his players that he wanted. Now you look around the league like Dallas. Michael Parsons. We could have moved up to get Michael Parsons, but what what Ron Rivera said? He don't want off the field issues with this team. This man didn't have no off the field uh, uh, issues, Chris. You know that. You, I mean, you. If you gonna sit up there and keep doing that, this is what you're gonna get with Washington. This is how it's gonna be until Ron Rivera gets up out of here, Chris. That's all I gotta say. This is Ron Rivera, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, right, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Let's go to Phillips in Texas. Is also leading or listening in on by, the Odyssey. By, app. by the way, you guys are doing a great job calling from all over the country. Great. We appreciate it uh, on the Odyssey app. Always live, always free. Excellent, excellent job. Want to point that out? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. Um, okay, so here's what they gotta do. What they need to do this this coming week in Dallas, it is what it is with wins and the old line. Okay, they need they need to uh, turn these receivers loose because to me, what I, what I notice is is that um, they had a lot of scripted routes, which is why I think Wentz had a hard time connecting to receivers. It's like they were locked down, and when that happens receivers are not getting open because they're scripted routes. They're not allowed to adjust to the defense with the, what the defense has given them. So, you know, if, if it's man, man defense, well, you run routes, you, you know, you sit, you come back routes, you know, you sit in, in, in your area. If it's, if it's man, you run and get open. And what another thing, Wentz needs to have the opportunity to make adjustments at the line. You know, change change the route as well. You know, mm-hmm. talk to the receivers about that's what that's what Hertz did. One of the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you're right. He, he did. I'm not sure what receiver he yeah in the red zone. I'm not sure what which receiver. It was. The, I think it was the Devontae yeah. Smith touchdown that you're talking about at the end of the yeah. half. Well, well, let me just point. Yeah. Let, let me just ask this. See, I here's what I don't know. I don't know what freedom Carson Wentz has at this point. Um, I, I don't think that question has really been answered, and I don't know if it's been asked. Meaning, does he have unilateral control, Pete? I don't know if you know. Does he have, you know, total ability to shift everything? I, I don't. I don't. That's not my sense. And do the receivers have the option, based off of coverage, to your point? to break off a route and run, you know, if it's supposed to be, I don't know, a 15-yard crossing route or a 15-yard in-cut, do they have the ability to break it off into a hook and a comeback? I, I don't I, I don't know, and, and I don't know if anybody has the answer to that, but it would I, I, seem I, it would seem like like the entire operation is is wanting to run what it wants to run as opposed to what it needs to do it is is my general synopsis. Well, uh, sir, uh, Chris, you know I, I we have so much talent within the receivers, 
so much talent. I've never felt I've never felt this great about the depth, you know, and the team with the receivers. It's been over, you know, since I want to say since RG three, you know. I, now, on top of that, you know, I, I get that the game has evolved where it's a lot of passing, you know, shotgun formation, and and for some reason, to me, people want to copy that just because it's being done. Well, you can still win. You can still do damage with the fullback because they're going to need a fullback back there, along with Gibson, some help back there. Because we got, you know, we we're going to big with Parsons, and they better get a fullback in there. Problem you know, is, and, and the problem with that is, and appreciate the call. The problem with that is, if you go with a fullback, you're likely taking one of those receivers off the field. Mm-hmm. So that there, there's a you know, there's a price uh, to pay because you can only have so many eligible receivers. Uh, and eligible players on one play. So if you bring in a fullback, you got to take one of those guys out. Now, I mean, you could put a tight end back there, right? You it's could, kind of but, an H back, wing back type. Right, but you know. still, the the fact remains is Logan Thomas is better coming off the line of scrimmage right oh, now right. and getting open. Well, I'm thinking for your John football Bates, team. You know. yeah, yeah, but then again, John Bates got, is better in run blocking than he is in pass blocking. True, but that means somebody's got to come off the field. I know. I know. So the, this isn't the, the, you got to somebody's got to come off the field. I mean, if you want to do that to add a protection. But the good news is, even if you only had two of those receivers out there, you still be able to make plays because right now you got to do something that protects the passer. Steve's in Columbia. What's up, Steve? Hey, hey, Pete. Hey, Chris. How you doing? What's up, Steve? Hey, look. Um, I went to the game. Let me just say this: I went to the game yesterday. I had pretty decent seats. I've never seen anything like this. I've been to RFK. I've been to the FedEx in the beginning. But the Eagle takeover was just a set, a sight for sore eyes. Um, and I'm going to tell you like this. I, I got two chicken sandwiches and two orders of fries. Cost me $52. Oh, and a wow. Gatorade. Oh, and a Gatorade, wow. $52. Oh, but let, but let me, let's get to the field. Let's get to the field. So, look. Um, Kendall <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you, that $52 was probably better than better value than what you spent on the ticket. There you go. There you go. Look. We, all, we can say the same thing. Let, let me say, first of all, it does really start with Snyder. He hired Ron and gave Ron full control of everything. I think sometimes you can't just hire your buddies and have them be yes men because I think that the, the way that they built this roster is a disaster, all right, me personally, from what I can see, because you just don't have enough, enough depth. I would have preferred them to have drafted like a, a young quarterback and, you, and keep these draft picks and have some more money because the way it looks now, man, to be honest with you, I think we're the worst team in the NFC East. I know it's, it's, it's early. I don't see us trending better. And what, what has happened to Montez Sweat? I didn't really hear his name. Uh, made one really good play. Yesterday. He made one really good play on one of the running plays in the backfield for a tackle for a loss. But you're right. And, and I said, I said bigger than the 90th season and the top 90 players – I thought the bigger thing was number 90 having a big season, and so far, so far, that has not happened for them. And let me let me ask you this, though. Okay, so you, you might have a choice at the end of the year, keeping pain or sweat, just based on how they're playing now. I personally would keep pain. You know, I'm not going to pay Montez Sweat a crazy amount of money for this production. And if you look at the guy on Chicago, uh, Detroit last week, Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. The way his motor was. Why don't our guys play like that oh, on the defensive line? That's my bigger criticism. We have nobody that plays with but, their hair on fire. Nobody. Right. 
It's crazy, man. I mean, I pain is the o- pain coached. is the only one right now that appears to be right. playing with their hair on fire. Apparently, you right, know, appears. Man. What is it? What is it, Chris? Yeah. What is it? Uh, I, I mean, listen. I, I I think part of it is the leadership of Ron, who is a very steady, calm. Like guys, 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 guys. They're like the, but they're like the passive parent that sits there and says, "Don't do that, Johnny, Johnny, don't do that, Johnny." What does Johnny do? He keeps doing it. He keeps doing it, and he keeps doing it. Or the parent, yeah, right. The parent that in our stadium, guys. Seeing that eagle green in our stadium, it was it was well bad. Listen, I I I don't know. I don't know if I was expecting it to be quite that bad, but I was expecting it to be pretty bad but see we appreciate uh you as always uh and the phone call uh as well um I, being there i tried to get it on video but every time I, it just it just didn't work out and the one time i got a touchdown on video actually the explosion of the crowd and i think it was right at halftime the explosion of the crowd just wasn't what i was hoping for it to be so i couldn't get a great video but i mean pete it wasn't just the visitor sideline like it normally is it was right? the whole stadium. It was you the, could tell it was some of the, wide the end zone right underneath us. Yep. It was the opposite end zone, and it was quite honestly a lot of Eagles fans on the commander's sideline. Never mind. I, I mean, I didn't see what happened in the upper decks and in the club level. It's just impossible to see, and I don't care. The point of the matter is it probably was about 75-25 in terms of percentage, probably, in terms of Eagles fans. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe it was 70-30. That's what it seemed and felt like. Let me give you two numbers before we take uh, a timeout, and and we'll get into some other things and more calls, 301-230-0980. This from Sheil Kapitia, uh, who used to cover the Eagles, who is uh, with The Athletic, I believe, is where he is now. Seven of the we talked about this with Jay Gruden. It was very evident early on. Seven of the nine sacks that the Eagles had came without a blitz. That's according to True Media and PFF. Tied for the most sacks produced with a four-man rush in a regular season NFL game in over the past three years. Yeah. Okay. So seven out of the nine. Uh, let me give you another example. Uh, of something that we were talking about early in the show, and we broke down, and I put it all on Twitter, and you can listen back to it. Matt has it, podcast, Russell and Medhurst, the team980.com, Odyssey app, rewind, hour number one. We did a lot on this, but John Keim of ESPN. On first downs in the last two games, so spanning, of course, Detroit and Philadelphia, Washington has averaged a combined 5.82 yards per carry. Uh, in the on first downs in the last two games, five point eight two yards per carry, compared to you want to guess on yards per pass attempt in the on first down, the last two games two point eight. No, it's much closer to the five point eight two, but it's still lower five point two eight. So five point two eight yards per pass attempt on first down against Detroit and against Philadelphia. 5.82 yards per carry against Detroit and Philadelphia on first down, which kind of goes into what, what we outlined in our number one. Wentz is a combined 20 for 39, 206 yards on those first down throws that we just mentioned. They've run the ball, as Kime uh, 
you know, points out 22 times for 128 yards. So that means Wentz, 39 attempts. Now, that doesn't include sacks. He's been sacked on first down a couple of times, including on the second series of yesterday's game. So that's at least 40 passing attempts on first down in the last two weeks and 22 times only that they've run. At least 40 passing attempts on first down. What's the most important part of that stat, though, that you gave? Look at how look at how inaccurate they've been on first down throwing. Yep. It's, that's, that's just over what, 50%. What do, what do I say all the time on this show? When people want to throw on first down all the time, like, uh, like our friends down the hall? What do I say all the time? I don't know, Chris. What do you say? To I, me? I I say uh, you don't you don't you don't remember? I say you got to have somebody that actually has accuracy. Well, somebody that actually can complete the short passing game, and that's not Wentz. It's never been his strength, and it's not Taylor Heineke either, guys. But nobody wants to see this. Everybody just wants to throw, 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 throw. You know what I want to do? Matt, you might as well cut this up for a Pro Bowl. I want to throw up. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to throw. I want to throw up. That's what I want. I'd throw up, too, if I was being sacked nine times in a football game as well. More of your calls next and a storyline that came out yesterday of perfect timing because, again, there's no easier target right now in the National Football League than the Washington Commanders. Whether it's on the field or off, they are everybody's person to make fun of right now, and there's seemingly news they want to drop to distract the commanders as well. Yesterday, another perfect example from a guy that we thought we thought he was part of the team. And as it turns out, he's probably not part of the team. 301-230-0980. We'll tell you about that next and take more of your calls right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Did you know that four of the quarterbacks with the high five, highest five passing totals yesterday lost? Would that shock you if I told you that? Uh, just talking about yards or yeah. ratings? Yards. Or, yeah, yeah, no. It Allen, it, it Josh shock. Allen threw 63 times. They had 51 more plays than the, the Dolphins. They still st- lost. I did not realize that until you mentioned that to Jay. Yeah. That was incredible. The Bills had 500 yards of offense. Yeah, lost. And and with all of their injuries on defense, and they've got, I mean, they've got some concerning ones. I mean, Micah Hyde out for the year. Tredavious White's still not back. Hopefully he'll be back uh, after next week, but don't know. Uh, Ed Oliver was banged up. I mean, you know, 500 yards of offense, and they barely, I mean, they couldn't even get to 20, and the Dolphins won that game. Geno I mean, the, Smith the time of 40, possession was like 40 to yeah. 20 in that game. Geno Smith threw 44 times for yeah. Seattle. I mean, it's, 32 of 44, not terrible, 325 and two scores. All right, so when you bring this up, right, it, it was my same point from last year. Yes, Car- uh, last week, yes, Carson Wentz was much better in the second half in the, than in the first half. And Commanders fans stupidly fell into this trap of, oh, he was great. Oh, he was awesome. Oh, he was this. Oh, he was that. But he was awful in the first half. Like, when you're trailing by 22 points, 
duh, a lot of times you're going to put up a lot of empty calorie yards. Now, yes, they did get back within a touchdown. I got it. It wasn't totally empty calorie. But, I mean, you can't always just look at a guy's box score and be like, oh, Geno Smith's great, right? Because part of it is what they didn't do to get themselves down in that position so that they're in almost a heavy pass I mean, or all pass. Marquise Brown, mode. 14 for 140. They lost. Chris Olave, 9 for 147. They lost. Yeah. Winston had the second highest total, 353. They lost. Mac Jones, 321, was fifth. He lost. The only guy that and, won in the top five was Hurts. And Mac Jones might be lost for several yeah, weeks. Yeah. Bailey mean, Zappi, don't go to Brian Hoyer, Bill. Don't do it. Play Bailey Zappi. You, Let's go. You, you think he would do that? I hope he does. Do you I, think he will? At some point, yes, because well, Brian well, Hoyer's no, not going to be able like to play. This, this week. No, he'll go Hoyer right. first. But they I got want a, Bailey Zappi. They got Zappi. a tough matchup, too. Who are they playing against? Uh, uh, Baltimore. Aren't Baltimore. They? No, 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 they played they, Baltimore this week. Um, uh, Buffalo. No, not no, Buffalo. No, Green Bay. I think Green Bay, yeah. yeah. At, at Lambeau. Good luck, Bill. It's going to be a tough year. <laughs> it's going to be a tough year for the Patriots. Um, before we get back to these uh, these other calls here, before we get to Dumb Dumb of the Day in about 15 minutes, Jimmy Garoppolo was allegedly almost a Washington commander, according mm-hmm. to Shefty, who dropped that little nugget at about 8 a.m. yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, little, hey, Carson, let's, let me throw, see, I thought Shefty was on, you know, uh, T's payroll. Well, that's what I, that's what I was confused about. Ron is upset at Shefty for dropping that. Ron, your organization, your ownership group, the people that you say are wonderful people, are literally spoon-feeding, no offense, I love Adam Schefter, spoon-feeding Adam Schefter stories and interviews that they won't give to anyone else because they know he's a friendly face and a warm, inviting um, But here's my thing. Host. Let me ask you this. Do you think it took this long that either the agent San Francisco or somebody in the Washington camp actually leaked that to Shefty. Has he been holding on to that for a while? I heard it? a rumor about this last week, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that, that makes some sense." So I don't know. I to me this to me this came from either yeah, like the like Jimmy's agent, I which I think is or, not. Or San Francisco. I think it's Don Yee, but I, I could be wrong on that. I know Brady's agent was Don Yee. Mm-hmm. I want to say they might have the same agent. Or, I mean, if I had to guess, this story came from the agent of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, hey, what's going on with Jimmy? Hey, he's going to be a free agent now. He, you know, like this is what I would do if I was a national insider, right? And I had a relationship with Jimmy G's agent, whoever it is. Like, Jimmy G's now the starter. Big Sunday night game. He's a free agent after this year. It is what's, Don Yebo. Okay. What's the temperature, right? What do you think? Are you hearing anything on extension? Nope, not hearing anything on extension. We'll see. We'll play it out. But uh, Sunday night football, Jimmy G will do what he always does, play well in the first half, absolutely suck in the second half, and crap in his pants late in the game. Ooh. And cost, and, and now, w- without Trent Williams. Call the janitor. I'm just saying. But, but that's where I could see it coming out. No, there's nothing going on in terms of an extension. No, there's nothing going on in terms of trade or anything like that. Jimmy G is clearly the starter. They don't have Trey Lance. This is not an either-or situation. But, hey, Adam, while you're here, let me drop this one on you. Remember when we were at the Combine having steak at uh, St. Elmo's? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Later that night, 
I met with Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, and they told me they wanted Jimmy Garoppolo and that Jimmy was their first choice. Well, Washington was calling everybody that had quarterback availability. So let's not act like let's not act like they, you know, that if you were a quarterback of any repute last year, your agent was getting a phone call. Right. Or the team that you played for was getting a phone Not call. Not that if you they were interested, agent. but that they were trying to pull the trigger In on other the words, trade. What's the price? In other words, that's what they were doing. They were right. price shopping. Right. They were price shopping. But it, but the way it was presented, at least the way I read it, was he was their number. Like they made an offer for Russell Wilson to the Seahawks. That went nowhere, mm-hmm. okay? Probably because it wasn't the offer that Denver gave, which was an absurd offer. Then they quickly basically moved on, or at the same time as a backup plan, it looks like, to Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Carson Wentz. Because Ron did admit, hey, it was at the Combine when we realized that all of a sudden Wentz was available and and we turned our attention to Wentz. I wonder if... That, Which is when this, con- in other words, right, the timeline what Ron of- said makes sense because they probably decided that the shoulder surgery was too big of a risk to trade for Garoppolo right. and who while known they were about- doing that at the combine. And who would have known about the shoulder surgery for his client? Don Yee. I mean, I mean hell, I mean, Kansas City might have even been, or uh, San Francisco rather, might have even been open saying, hey, you know, he's probably going to have some, you know, he's probably going to have a surgery, but yeah, certainly maybe. Yee would know that. Yeah. But... And 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 that was at the combine right. allegedly, right. according to Shefty's report. So now the report, which Ron trashed and said it was, at, you know, I forgot the words, absolutely untrue or whatever. That is one component of this. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know if I believe Ron. I'm not calling Ron a liar. I don't know if I believe Ron. But what I am willing to say is Ron seemed very 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 upset, and this does have some merit that Shefty either got this information long ago, to your point, and sat on it, or got this information this week from whoever he got it from, and again, two and two probably equals the agent here for Jimmy G, and chose to release it on Sunday morning four or five hours before his reunion game against the Eagles. Now, I doubt that Carson Wentz was paying attention to that, but it could be that his teammates were and and heard that and were like dude did you hear this you know you were almost tra- you know like Jimmy G- they they were going after Jimmy G so Ron was upset at that seemingly more than trashing the report i mean he trashed the report initially but he was very upset about the timing and that i can't actually blame Ron now if if the agent didn't come out and leak this to Schefter until a day ago uh, what Schefter supposed to do no, I mean, I, that's I agree. With, I mean, that, look, he's trying to make people tune in to their pregame show every Sunday yes. morning. Yes. That's what he's right. doing. He doesn't care, and he shouldn't care, quite honestly, about Carson Wentz or Ron Rivera's hurt feelings. We we'll agree with you 100%. 301-230-0980. Robert's in upstate New York, and he really was dedicated yesterday. What's up, Robert? Good, good morning, gentlemen. First and foremost, I want to thank you for your show. I listen all the time on the Audible app. Appreciate it. Odyssey app, and, I, and I'll tell you, you do a great job. We appreciate you. Fan. Well, I've been a Redskins fan and now a Commanders fan since I've been a four-year-old boy back in 1966 when I lived in Washington. And I've never given them up. 
I was heartbroken yesterday. I spent $1,200 for end zone seats uh, to bring my family down to watch the game. It was an away game. The whole stadium was Eagles fans. And, I, you know, I, I realized that uh, uh, the team has not been doing very well recently. But, you know, I go back to the days when we were in RFK where that place, you if you weren't a Redskin fan, you had to leave town. I mean, this yesterday, I could I really don't blame it on the players because they had to be deflated walking into that uh, stadium yesterday. It was heartbreaking. Robert, I'm with you, and and, and, and look, Eagles fan. Yeah, I mean, you and your family uh, certainly, you know, did what it, you know you you put in a, a hell of an investment in your day. You drove from upstate New York all the way down here to watch the game and put your money out there, mm-hmm. and you want it to be a great day to interact with other Commanders fans. And unfortunately, Philadelphia, and look, the one fan said it best. Look, we can't get a group of 50 people together to go to a game in Philadelphia because the tickets aren't available. But we can do it here, and they do it quite a bit. It, it was just sad, and... You know, I realize that our, our team hasn't had a lot of good years recently, and I, I watch every game. I watch it on direct TV. I'm a huge fan. I love them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was just saddened for the players yesterday because I know when they walked on that field and they turned around, they're at home, but they're playing an away game. Yep. And, yep. I, and, and I realize that there's issues with the – with the coaches and the players and the schemes and all that. But I'm sorry, this is management. That they allow that kind of uh, great franchise, which has been one of the top flagship franchises in the NFL since they were started, to devolve like that where you have a home game. You used to go into RFK and even in the early days of uh, FedEx Field, you couldn't get a seat. They had they had sellouts at RFK for fifty years, and yesterday was an away game. These guys are breaking my heart. Robert, you're not the only person that feels that way. Appreciate the call. Appreciate your passion for uh, Washington football, and I'm sure the organization, in some way, does appreciate uh, your passion. But what you went through yesterday is the reality of what's happening to this franchise right now and the fact that fan bases that are close enough, and I would expect New York to have a good collection of blue shirts uh, in this building when the Giants play here. Not going to be the same, though. Not the as the same as Philadelphia because it's two two hours further. Well, and also the Giant fan base is like I, Chris, still Chris, frustrated over the last five years. All right, the, the good, good place for me to ask you this right mm-hmm. now, Monday night game tonight. Giants at two and zero, Cowboys one and one with yeah. it with the backup quarterback playing. Who do you like tonight? I think the only chance the Giants have is because it's Cooper Rush, and not timing is everything, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, but I still like the Cowboys tonight. I don't think the Giants 
especially with all the dysfunction at wide receiver. Uh, Kadarius Tony's not going to play tonight after his snaps improved last week. Galladay was down to two snaps. They're talking about trading him possibly before tonight. Uh, so who knows what to expect there. I still think Daniel Jones against that pass rush. Now, their offensive line, Big Blue's offensive line is much better, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas finally like start to come to into his own. Bit, and yeah. that, absolutely. Uh I uh, but I I don't know if Saquon Barkley again I I think the Giants need a buck 25 plus every game from Saquon Barkley on the ground plus whatever he can give you as a receiver I don't know if he gets that against this Dallas defense I think Dallas probably wins a very ugly kind of 17-ish 13-ish I agree type with you on tonight. that type of game yeah. I don't I don't expect fireworks in this game but I'm telling you I I've I have been in on Brian Dable for a while. I know you have. And who do you, who do you like better, Brian Dable or Dan Quinn? Ooh, that's a great. That's a great. That you know, if we were having a menage a trois, I'd have some <laughs> mixed feelings there because I like both guys. <laughs> Brian Dable is offense. Dan Quinn's my guy on defense. So, man, I, I'd have to look. I, ooh, that's a good one tonight. I'd have to look at Brian tonight and say, look, I've been. Dan and I have been friendly a little longer, so you're going to have to play second fiddle if it, in this it, relationship. If anybody has any talent that I don't have, like, you know, uh, on Twitter and whatever, with, uh, you know, images superseding each other, if you could put Pete Medhurst with Dan Quinn and Brian Dable in the same <laughs> bubble, and especially if you could do something fun, romantic, like, Whatever. That's a football menage oh, a trois waiting yeah, to happen. Baby. Me, me doing the personnel and Quinn and uh, Dable doing the coaching. Oh. Boy, we can win a lot of games that way, I'll tell you that. We can also win a lot of games with the dumb dumb of the day, which is coming up. And Chris wraps up what's trending. All right, we just mentioned Monday Night Football capping off week three. It's here on the Team 980 tonight. 7.30, your pregame coverage, uh, right around 8.15 or so for the tip. For the tip, for the kick. Giants, MetLife Stadium, 2-0, hosting the 1-1 Dallas Cowboys, who are also the opponent in week four next Sunday, or this Sunday, at AT&T Stadium for the Commanders, who dropped to 1-2 and two yesterday with an ugly 24-8 to eight loss. An ugly probably doesn't describe it. We've been talking about it all morning with you. Excellent response uh, by you guys all over America. As you beat down the phone lines and want to vent about it, you can continue to do so all day long here on the Team 980. If you missed any of our shows so far, hit the Odyssey Rewind live. Uh, Team 980, you can hear Jay Gruden, touchdown at 10, all your calls and all that good stuff along the way. Meanwhile, the Nationals found a way to beat the Miami Marlins yesterday and to take that series finale. Don Mattingly is not going to return to the fish in the dugout next year, according to multiple reports, and that's what's trending. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about the Monday night game, division matchup, Giants trying to get to 3-0. They're a one-point favorite going into that game against the Cowboys coming up tonight. For those of you perusing the gambling side of it, certainly think the under may be in play in this game as well. 
But uh, just, just when you think that, you know, Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones go out and light it up. But uh, Giants being a one-point choice in that game. And also, getting to the news over the weekend where, again, you know, here's another story where uh, allegedly the owners are uh, potentially turning up the heat on Dan behind the scenes. And again, wake me when the heat is real. Wake me when Dan is facing um, that big disc that is up in the sky, that's yellow, it's heated, and if, if you've got Dan going in that direction, fine. Uh, but in, until, until we see something of any substance, it's just another story. Uh, but we'll get your reactions to that coming up tomorrow on the show from 9 to 12 right here on the Team 980. And, of course, where a lot of you are listening today, we have had Chicago, New York, Oklahoma. It's been amazing seeing where some of the calls are coming from today on the Odyssey app. North Carolina and South Carolina, mm-hmm. appreciate all of you folks out there. Right now, you know what time it is. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Ah, yes, indeed it is. Thank you, Mr. Medhurst. So, our story today comes from the New York Post. So, apparently a man with a 48-year-old grudge against a woman who is dead, Oh, has been going to her grave every morning, not to visit her, not to whisper sweet nothings in her ear. Not to lay flowers on her grave? No, 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 no. Not to say nice things. What do you think he's been doing? I'm going to guess, Chris, that he's potentially defecating on the grave. Yes, He's been urinating on the grave of his ex for apparently whatever happened between the two, a 48-year grudge. Now, how do they know this? Why? Well, not only did they find urine on her grave, but they also discovered bags of poop. Said her son, Michael Andrew Murphy, to the New York Post, quote, I felt like getting out and killing him. Of the man, he says, who has been desecrating the burial site of his mom, Miss Linda Torello. And there's pictures. That's how they found out at night, in the morning, early in the morning, of the man peeing, whipping out his thing and peeing on his mom's grave. She died of cancer in 2017. She's buried in Orangetown, New York. Whatever happened between the two? Whatever happened between the two, Pete? You know what's not cool? You know what's not cool? Um, Peeing on someone's grave. Or pooping on someone's grave. (laughs) So for that, so for that... Mr. Whoever You Are. What's his name again? Uh, I took my eye off the... Um, oh, boy. Teddy uh, Poop Show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, I, I can't find it right now. Anyway, whoever you are, Mr. Man with a 48-year-old grudge, you suck. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Could but, you imagine that? Brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> I... Uh... I could see where his fam- the, the family members would be pissed off. And you think so? Yeah. 
Want to har- har- harangue that guy? I mean, I, like you would never do something like that, so I'm not even going to ask you if you would complete consider doing that. But like, do you know anybody in your life, just quick, th- that you think would be capable of such a hyenas act? You toward Bruce Allen. No, I don't even hate Bruce that much. No. I think Bruce is an incompetent tool. I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm the friendliest person on the planet. I, I didn't say you. I said anybody in your life. I, no, I no. immediately eliminated you. No, I knew definitely you not. No, definitely okay. not. Right. I can't think. Of, can't think of anything that I would hold a grudge uh, that badly for. Okay. So, um, finishing things up here on a Monday. It's time for the guys to give their closing arguments and hit the shower. Let's hear that. Final take. Earlier this month, the Nats were a pain in the ass to the Mets and the Braves. That race is tight. Game and a half for the Mets into the last week of the season. Washington will have a say here in the National League wildcard race as well because they finish up with a massive series with the Phillies over the weekend, and Milwaukee has crept back to within a game and a half. So your final chance to see Joey and CJ and the rest of the gang starts tonight with the Atlanta Braves in town. I'll have the postgame show coming up on uh, 106.7 The Fan following tonight's activities. So get on out there and see those guys play here in this final week of the season. a boy. A little Monday night baseball. I might, I might be going to Tuesday night's game. I might. I'll, I'll have to figure that out. I'm going to end like this. Congratulations to the other Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. And the Indianapolis Colts. Somehow, some way, they won a game that they probably shouldn't have won, 20-17, to 17, over the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, two things. One, I've always been a Matt Ryan fan, so that's number one. Number two, I think the Colts made the right move. I've made that very clear by getting rid of Carson Wentz and bringing in Matt Ryan. Number three, this is no offense for all you dumb, dumb Commanders fans that yelled at me and screamed at me on Friday and other times last week because I had the audacity to say, you know, it sure would be nice if Darius Leonard or whatever the Sha- Shaquille Leonard or whatever he's calling himself uh, now would be there to help out the Colts defense so that it wasn't all on Matty Ice to try and deliver the Colts a win. And what do you know? Somehow, some way, they went out and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that not a lot of people thought they could win. Yes, it was by hook or by crook, 20-17. to 17. Congratulations to Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. Any given Sunday, Doc and Jackson are up next. Burgundy and gold today here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app.